Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. Um, this is awesome because I've got uh, Lisa Siegel on the phone, and Lisa's down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and her and her husband, Julian, own the Riverside Market and Cafe, uh, which has several locations now in Craft Beer Cartel, and we'll talk all about uh, what they do at both of these places. But I, I will just say this, that I have been to Riverside Market and Cafe. We filmed down there for our film series a few years ago, and um, the guy I work with on the film series and I still to this day talk about that trip and how it's one of the most memorable, unique, just incredible places uh, that we've been and the philosophies that have helped Julian and Lisa be successful are just just inspiring and um, just so fun to listen to how they've gone about building this incredible business and really done it unconventionally and followed their guts and their instincts and uh, with an incredibly optimistic, positive attitude all the time. And the, what they've done is fantastic. So, uh, and that was just with one place that we went to and they have one location and now they've grown and we'll talk about that today. So Lisa, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know you've been under the weather. So even more, uh, thank you just for taking the time to do this. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Will. Um, so let's get, okay. Get us started just a little bit. Let's, let's dive back a few years and just kind of set up what happened that caused you and, and uh, Julian to start Riverside Market and Cafe in the first place? Okay. So um, neither one of us were in the restaurant business. I was a school teacher. Um, Julian was a developer, and we bought a piece of property. We bought some properties in the neighborhood that we lived in because we wanted the neighborhood to be better. It was one of those neighborhoods that had, was a little bit on the fringe, and uh, we wanted to make a really, you know, get rid of some of that bad element. So we ended up, in the long story short, buying the two convenience stores that were in the neighborhood that brought in a bad element and, you know, drugs and all, all different kinds of things. And we, we put some high-end items in there, some craft beer, you know, some things that we wanted to buy as a young as a young couple with a young family, um, you know, organic milk and whatever. And then 2007 hit and we got crushed financially with the real estate uh, burst. And we had two commercial buildings in a residential neighborhood that was almost gentrified. So we couldn't, we had to, we sold the business of, of one store and then we had to do something with the other store, which we had just had a uh, shut down. And that was the, the, 2000, the crash of 2007 led to the birth of Riverside Market because we couldn't go into competition with our tenants, which we um, leased the convenience store to. And uh, we had to do something new and innovative. So we had all the cooler doors and we said, you know, we love craft beer. We love wine. We love great food. Let's put together a menu of things that we love. because We can't go out to restaurants anymore having two toddlers. And, uh, Let's make a place for all of our friends to kind of hang out and buy some good beer and have pizza and let the kids run around and play and see what happens because we got to do something. And that is how Riverside Market started. And it's definitely evolved from where it first started to where it is now. And it never, we never had the expectations for it to turn into what it's turned into that I would quit teaching and be full-time at Riverside and that we would have a second location and be opening our third location and then also be kind of like 
the craft beer, you know, the first craft beer bar in Fort Lauderdale. Like, we never, that was never anticipated. <clears throat> and you have, like, uh, you had all those refrigerators on that one wall there um, that were already there from when it was a convenience store, and you you wound up stocking it with all these kinds of craft beers. How, how many I can't, How many types of craft beer do you have there? You know, when we started, we had, first we started, we had 100, and, you know, we were trying to fill up. We had 10 cooler doors. We were trying to fill up the cooler doors, but, just, you know, because you know, no one wants to see empty cooler doors, right? It looks like a business that's going out of business. So at first we had, like, 100 beers, and then we had a bunch of specialty sodas and waters and, like, the kind of waters that, like, you unscrewed the cap and the, the, the vitamins and whatever came down. And we took an ad out. It was the one and only time we ever took an ad out, this was the lesson, is they said we had 350 different beers from around the world. So being that that went into print, we ordered, instead of doing our regular 100 beers, we did 350 beers from all, from, from all over the country and then also from all over the world. And that was really what pushed us into just going crazy with beer. Now we have 650 different beers and about 17 coolers and 32 on draft, which we never had uh, before either. So now we have about 650 different labels. And you had, so that, that's one of the memorable things there was just that display and all the different types of craft beers. Craft beers. But the, the thing that really, well, I'll say this thing. One of the things I want to ask you about because it was, it's something I've never seen before or since, and I'm curious if y'all still do it. But when I was there two or three years ago, y'all had an honor system where people would come in and if they walked over and they grabbed a beer or two beers or three or whatever, and you know they had them while they were there, they would just take the bottles up or just you know tell when they were paying, you know, hey, or tell the server, hey, I've had I've had three beers. So in other words, people would just. Folks, you would literally walk up and grab a beer. I did it a couple of times while I was there. <laughs> Go grab a beer and just, you know, you, you you let them know, hey, I got this. So it was this honor system, which which I thought was really, really fantastic. Have you all continued to do that? We we have continued to do that. You know, people still tell us that we're insane and how it, 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 it shouldn't work. We must have all of this loss and breakage and all of this. And, you know, that's really just not true. Um, you know, I would say it's a minimal amount of bottles that maybe don't get paid for. Um, nothing that is, is, is so extraordinary that we even feel it. And, you know, when you, when you put out into the world that you trust someone, they want to, they want to continue having that trust, you know? And so now we've gotten a little bit better about, you know, we have the empty six-pack holder. So, you know, if a server sees four beers on your table, she's going to go over and she's going to give you one of those empty six-pack holders and she's going to put them in there because no one wants to be fumbling with all these empty bottles walking to the restaurant. So, you know, we still fill up those empty six-pack bottles and you bring them to the carriers and you bring them up to the front and that's how we cash you out. So we're still doing it that way. I love that. And, I, and you nailed it which is that when you, you know, when you put that trust in people, people really appreciate that because it's so rare. And I feel like that makes you feel very much at home right away at Riverside. 
they, they, right. all this, you, you very quickly think, okay, I'm, I don't even know these people. I've never been here, but they trust me enough to, to, you know, tell them how many beers I bought. So that immediately makes you feel relaxed and at home. And then the next thing you do is you go and you see, okay, here they have these tables throughout Riverside where you can sit, you know, and they've got some, some bar stools and <clears throat> higher tables and things like that. But the, but even cooler was, um, Right there, smack in the middle of your your real estate, if you will, in the middle of your store, um, where you could have probably I don't know six, eight tables or more or whatever. You've got these couches and these recliners, uh, which invites you know people that are together or people from different groups to all kind of go sit in this really inviting area. And then you've just gotten a beer, and then you go sit on this couch. Uh, and you can even order food there, which I did. I think I had a pizza sitting on the couch. So, but I know you've probably had people tell you that's crazy too. But doesn't doesn't tell me about why y'all did that? And 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 uh, or, I mean, I guess they're still there. Is that is that true? They they are totally still there. And you know, it's so funny, Will, because Julian constantly. I was thinking about the coolers that we probably have five more coolers than the lot from the last time you were there. And every time I think that my husband Julian could not jam another piece of equipment or another chair, <laughs> another cooler into Riverside. He miraculously removes things around and he does. He puts like a whole nother cooler in or a whole nother couch in. And uh, yeah, we still have the couches and it started with, you know, when we first opened being this little neighborhood, you know, joint or, you know, whatever you want to call it, hangout. We, uh, Julian took, I was away one summer with our kids and, um, Julian decided because he was spending so much time there, someone said, you know, you should really, you almost live here. You should put your couches in. And our good friend, Charles Trainer from the Miami Herald, said, who was, who, who's a regular, said, you know, we should really get some couches in here since we're hanging out in here all the time. And they went to my house and they took the couches out of my living room and brought them over to the restaurant and rearranged the tables so the couches fit in. And when I came home, I, Julian said, oh, I took the couches out of the house, and I thought he was joking, and I came home with the kids, and there were no couches in the house, and I said, where are the couches? And he said, I told you, I took them to the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it worked, and, and what's funny is, you know, we still don't have TVs, and so we have these couches, but we don't have TVs, and part of that is, and part of the honor system, and, and all of these parts that seem so, so part of the fine, you know, machine that we've created, you know, all came about spontaneously. You know, we didn't really want TVs because we wanted people to talk to each other. You're on the honor system. So if you walk in, no one's coming and asking you what kind of drink do you want. So it leads to a conversation. You have to talk about the beer. You have to talk about the hundred sodas that we have. You have to give recommendations on things. So it, it leads to a lot of interaction between the people who work at Riverside and the people who are coming to Riverside. And a lot of times what happens is the customers who have been there or someone who's been there before, because it's all word of mouth, says, well, this is how it works. And sometimes we'll just sit there and listen to people and we'll be like, you're hired, you know, come, come join our team. Because they do a really great job of explaining what the process is, because it is unusual and it's not what people are used to. They're used to, you know, not being part of what's happening, you know, someone brings them their drink. Well, now you got to go pick your drink and you're looking at those 650 different labels and you're going, well, I don't know what, you know, I like an IPA or I really like a fruity beer. I want to drink something local. You have to have the conversation, which is essential. 
Oh. Well, that's another thing too. I mean, here's here's a. I mean, you know, no TVs. Where do you go these days with no TVs? Uh, and again, it makes it it's so unique and refreshing. Um, and it does. You know, I sat down and talked to. I was on those couches for a while when Luke was filming, and I talked to all kinds of different people. And I can tell you that if you had TVs there, I would have been staring at some baseball game or something, and uh, and not not having that dialogue. So. Uh, it, you know, everybody thinks, oh, well, you, well, you know, you have to have TV now. No, actually, you don't, and that's what Lisa and Julian are proving. And you, you, you don't have to, um, you know, maximize your your space with tables and you know, count chairs and all this kind of stuff. No, I mean, all these things are what make Riverside so special and draw people there. And that leads me to my next point, which is that, I mean, your location, like, I remember driving from the airport. I had a hard time finding it. I didn't even know if I was in the right place. I was, like, driving through this neighborhood, and I'm like, I, it can't be here. And you pull up, and you're like, holy cow. This is, like like you said, it's right in this residential area. There's really nothing else around except for your other place, which I want to ask you about, across the street. But then people are coming from, like, all over the place. So you go inside, and it's packed, and these people are coming from all over Fort Lauderdale and Miami to, to come. So it's really a... I mean, it's really a destination, isn't it? Yeah, and and you know, I, I I you know attribute a lot of that to like Yelp and Google reviews and Facebook, obviously a lot of social media. But it's amazing to me, especially you know this week we have the boat show, which is so there's a lot of international people in South Florida right now, and it's amazing to me with technology how people are finding us. I mean, like some guys came in the other day from New Zealand, and here he walked in with his luggage and everything. He was here for the boat show, and I'm like, how did you even, like, find us? You know, it was, like, strange to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is in the middle of a neighborhood. And, you know, originally it's funny because it is an old convenience store. It was back. That building was built back in the 1940s before we had, you know, big grocery stores, and that was your mom-and-pop market. And we wanted to bring it back to that community-centric type of place, like in the 50s when you'd go pick up your milk and you'd meet your neighbors and sit and talk and, you know, catch up on, on the daily news, so to speak. You know, and I, and I believe that we really have brought it back to that. Um, you have a really inviting atmosphere, and I know that you've got – from what I recall, you've got really, I mean, you've got a very extraordinarily diverse group of customers, um, socially diverse, culturally diverse, economically diverse, um, but they're all kind of hanging out and uh, having conversations and uh, enjoying themselves. And, and I think just, I think the biggest thing is I always felt like it just feels like um, you feel at home and you all have created that. You've really created that feeling. I mean, it's very rare. I don't, I mean, we still talk about it, you know, several years later, because I think Luke and I, you know, we both agree. It's just you don't find that really anywhere anymore. Um, it's extraordinarily rare to, to feel that comfortable in that at home. So you really captured something special. Um, now, the one thing that when we were there is you all were saying, you know, hey, we're we're thinking of expanding. We're thinking of a second location. Um, and I was always curious you know, what would happen when you grew and because you two were there a lot and a lot of this is revolves around, you know, just you and Julian being there and your personalities and your hospitality and all that. So 
tell me what's happened since then, because I know you've you've opened Craft Beer Cartel, so t- tell us about that, and then you've you've got at least another one or two more Riverside. So, what's happened since then, and and talk a little bit about um, you know uh, your growth and what's come with that. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, it's actually really funny. I have to tell you this because you know I use my my Schedule Five videos that you guys made. I, I I, I use them as like an introduction for people to understand when they start working with us. And I make them watch all of the whole series, even the beef stuff that got cut. Um, and I was watching the video the other day that you guys did, that you rolled, that Julian was talking about how we're looking for another location, but it can't be of like a plaza. It has to feel right. And I was watching this whole thing, and I just kind of like chuckled to myself. to think that was only like three or four short years ago. And now we have two more locations and opening up another one. Um, what it's very interesting, you know, we kind of like, as you said, we do what feels right for us. And we were looking and looking and looking and driving around and trying to find another location. And, and, you know, of course with the first one, it was really organic because we wanted to just make our neighborhood better. So finding another location was, it was, it was difficult because it didn't have that, um, that connection to who we were and like where we lived and whatever. And, here was this guy that we played soccer with. Our kids played soccer together here on the, you know, in the city league. And they played, they played soccer for all of these years. And the guy says, hey, you know, I have this building that has a restaurant in it going out of business. You guys should really come in and take it over, turn key. And we were like, well, you know, I'm not sure. And then, of course, it was totally off the beaten path in the middle of nowhere. And we were like, this is perfect. It's just like the original Riverside, except it's not in a neighborhood. It's like in this industrial area. And we were getting ready to sign a lease on a, on a different location, but this like fell into our lap. And of course, because it fell into our lap, it was someone that we played, our kids all played soccer together and whatever. We were, and it was turnkey. We didn't have to build anything out. We were like, this is it. This, this is the location. This is the second location. And, uh, so we went ahead and we opened up Riverside Market South, which is uh, right here by the airport. And uh, it really is in the middle of nowhere. And, and it, it, it's doing great. It doesn't have, because it was it was a restaurant, it wasn't uh, a convenience store. It doesn't have as many coolers, but we still have 350 beers. I just got Julian to move a couch in. I was so excited someone was moving and they're like, Hey, we have a couch for you. I was like, perfect. Let's put it in South. And, um, it's exciting. South is exciting because it has a, a real kitchen. It wasn't, you know, like it had a built out kitchen cause it was a really, it was a big restaurant. And, uh, so we were ex- able to like expand on our menu and have like a, you know, we don't have even have a, a cooktop at, at regular Riverside. We do mostly sandwiches, pizzas and stuff in the fryer. But now we can do, like, we have a grill, we do burgers, we do shrimp po'boys, and we've really expanded our menu. One of the things that I found, which hurt us and helped us, was that because it was the same name and it wasn't exactly the same, people were kind of like, well, it's not, you know, it's not the same as the first one. Well, no, it's not the same as the first one. And that was a big lesson to me that, like, if you're not going to make it exactly the same, then people get pissed. You know, they're like, well, it's not exactly the same. Well, no, it's not. It has better food. We have burgers here. We have we have a much more extensive menu. We have a full-on bar here with, you know, 50 drops. It's, it's different. And so it's taken on its own 
you know, it's different than regular river, the OG, we call it, the original Riverside. It's taken on its own life form, the south location. That's interesting. Um, how long has it been open? It's been open almost approximately a year. Okay. You know, and also, Julian, the way Julian does things, um, you know, I was away. Again, you know, I work at a summer camp, and I was away for the summer. And uh, Julian, they were they were in there. We had finished, like, painting, and they got all the new draft lines in. And, I mean, we hadn't even hired anyone in the kitchen yet. And Julian, someone knocked on the door. And, you know, this is you'll understand this because this is such a Julianism. Someone knocked on the door and said, hey, are you open? You have cold beer. And he's like, well, our kitchen isn't open yet. And he was like, yeah, but do you have cold beer? We had all the coolers in and all the inventory in and all that stuff was all set up. And he says, sure. And he takes a picture of the guy drinking the first beer at Riverside Market South. Well, somehow, you know, because of social media, the New Times, which is part of the Village Voice, and the Sun Sentinel, which is our local paper, see the picture of the guy drinking the beer at Riverside Market and Julian had written something that was like, we don't need, uh, we don't need any big grand openings. Sometimes you just open your doors and you're, and you're there. And took a picture of this, wrote this little quote on there and we were open. Well, the newspapers both picked it up and <clears throat> the newspapers both picked it up and here, droves and droves of people started coming in to see Riverside South. We had no staff there. The kitchen wasn't open. Julian was bringing potato chips and having sandwiches and pizzas and stuff delivered from the original Riverside. And, you know, so when I got home, I was like, are you, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? we got to hire a full staff. You can't do it like this. So it was definitely a little bit of a lesson because, we couldn't do it the first way, with the way we did the first Riverside, which was a very long, slow process, you know, with just neighborhood people, because we had the same and we had this expectation of people wanted us to be ready to go. So all of that was a big learning experience. That's hilarious. Uh, well, there you go. In typical Riverside style, I love it. Um, right. Well, so, so then across the street from the original Riverside is is Craft Beer Cartel. Craft Beer Cartel. So, um, and, and I guess I, we should have gone back, but before we opened South Second Restaurant, we opened Cartel. And, you know, if, if you remember in the beginning, I said we owned these two convenience stores. We bought the properties on them. And originally, we wanted to build, we wanted to, to combine all of this land and sell townhouse, sell this big property to some townhouse developer you know, because that's really the business that Julian was in um, before the restaurant business. And, you know, with the crash, we ended up with these two buildings and uh, had, you know, had to do something there. And so we just did what we did, you know. Um, and so five years now into Riverside being open, six, maybe six years into Riverside being open, our tenant who had a convenience store, like truly a C store that you could buy, you know, your toilet paper at and, you know, laundry soap and all that stuff. Um, he he uh, he um, he decided that he wasn't going to stay there and not renew his lease. Or we decided that he wasn't going to renew his lease. It was uh, you know a mutual understanding. And uh, 
we were like, well, we have this building now, and we have this huge, big craft beer following, and Riverside has gotten so busy that we can't have birthday parties in here anymore, and we can't have, um, you know, we were doing a lot of Beer 101 and teaching about beer and teaching about different styles of beer, and we had Julian's Beer Academy, and we couldn't do those things anymore because it was always loud, and there was always a lot of people at Riverside. So we were like, well, let's take the convenience store back and do all craft beer. And one of the other problems that we had was because with all of the coolers, people just wanted to sometimes come in and buy beer to go, which was fine. We could do that because we have a dual license. However, it made it really hard on our PLS system and the people who are working in the front because you can't charge the same retail price as you are charging someone who's taking that to go out on their boat or go out to – some event or go to a football game or whatever. So we decided to make things easier on ourselves and also have a venue to do our beer classes and events and meet the brewer because beer is a culture. It's, it's like a living thing that happens and everybody, you know, brew beer, people who brew beer and own breweries are like rock stars. Like people want to meet them. They want to shake their hand. They want to hear their story because they're really just, normal average people like us who love craft beer and love the, the, the craft that they're in and, and, and they have a story to tell. And so we decided that all of those bottle caps that Julian was saving for all those years, we put them all down on the floor. People came in and laid the bottle caps down. We have over 200,000 bottle caps on the floor. We epoxied them in. And now we have a venue for, our classes, our Meet the Brewer. You can buy beer six packs ago. We are the only home brew store in Broward County, so we have all the home brew equipment. So you can come in and learn how to make beer and buy the the grains and the yeast and, and the hops and go home and make your own beer. And then every quarter uh, we have a home brew competition where people come in and bring the beer that they made and sample it out to people and they get feedback. So that's become like a really fun venue and to go store. That's really cool. Uh, so you all are, yeah. you're staying busy. Are you still loving it as much as always? You know, it's funny because South, we just went through a big t- transition at Riverside South. You know, we've been open almost, you know, just about a year and we had some management changes and, you know, of course, because we're owner operators, you know, you can't just throw somebody in there and say, okay, you're the person that's going to go in. So Julian and I have been working a lot, especially since season has kicked off. And, you know, Julian was opening the store and getting back to where we were seven years ago when he was the only opening the store every day at regular Riverside. So it's it's a little bit humbling. It's, it's a lot of work. You know, I think that my kids had, one of my Hudson said the other day, he's like, mom, He's like, I don't even know what dad's wearing today because I never see him anymore. Um, because, and, and, you know, those are those growing pains. And, you know, I said to Julian, he was like, God, this sucks. And we were working, I just felt, I mean, we we're always working a lot, but we were literally like turning the key. And I said, you know, it's part of that growing process. And we have to like love it and accept it and say like, yeah, like it's going to be us that are going to sit here and open the store today because that's where we are right now. Like, that's, you know, and it's just what has to be done. So, and we're still doing a lot of things ourselves. Like we're still going, you know, when we run out, you know, yesterday we ran out of pizza cheese. And the good thing about it was, was that restaurant depot was closed, but we could run to store number two and go grab the extra cheese that they had so we could keep on making pizzas last night. 
you know, it's it's just part of those that those growing pains. Uh, I love it. Though. I love the way I love the way y'all go about it, and you're just so um, <clears throat> you're just so so tied to it, uh, and um, it's it, I I think that's great. That I, that's a hard time, but uh, a time you'll you'll remember fondly, I'm sure. Um, you know, well, kind of. What I was going to say is, yeah, it's, it's the hard time, but you may, it makes you appreciate everything else so much more. You know, so you just have to look at it and go, yeah, this is like a hard, this is like a really hard day, and I'm running from store to store, turning keys and opening and, and doing this. But, like, I so appreciate this because it means that we're growing and, you know, that we have a vibrant business that's working. And I get to employ now, you know, starting with, you know, it's funny, I we always take our Christmas pictures, starting with, four employees seven years ago to now having over 60 employees is pretty amazing, you know? Well, so with this growth, I remember one thing that you told me a few years ago was that, you know, you really didn't like a lot of spreadsheets and systems and processes. Um, Has that changed or has that had to change or have you been able to continue to do it the way you wanted to? You know, I think that we're, you know, I think we're doing a lot more checklists now. We use the spreadsheets for checklists. Um, you know, and it's funny because we have another really big thing that's about to happen. And we had to come forward with these people with all of these spreadsheets and whatever. And so we kept on sending them the spreadsheets and they're like, you just can't be right about this. And then we actually had to like sit there and what they called scrub the numbers. And People were kind of like just mind blow, you know. It's kind of getting it out of that that brilliant mind that Julian has and getting it down on paper, because when you go into multiple locations, you have to be able to have more than one person have all of that information. So we, we are getting better with that. Well, one thing that You know, I've referenced this, but I've always, I guess I think this way a lot too, uh, and we kind of run our business unconventionally in a lot of ways as well. But you, I mean, you've had a lot of people over the years. I mean, you had by the time I was in, it's happened more since then. Other restaurant people, I know even the the uh, the guy who founded Subway, I know he passed away in the last year, but he he was a, a regular. And But you've had a lot of people... Say for Fred to look at you. You've had a lot of people tell you, you know, hey, this is great, but you got to change this or you got to change that. Talk a little bit about that and how you've been able to, you know, graciously say thanks, but but no thanks. Right. You know, I mean, we love getting, you know, and even some of our employees, our customers, whoever, we we love the feedback, you know, because there are things that we are not willing to change, and then there are some things that we say, hey, you know what, they've got something there, and maybe you know we should look at that. So, you know, especially because I think that we're such a community-based business, um, you know, we appreciate when people say things. You know, the TV thing kind of was like, no, and we have to explain it to them. You know, even at, at – it's funny because at South, when we bought it, it was kind of like a bar with, like, a lot of TVs, and there are, are probably 15 TVs in, in, in our South location – and people are like, hey, can you turn on the game? Or, hey, can you turn on this? And we're like, no, the TVs aren't hooked up. They're like, well, why do you have all these TVs here? And I was like, well, when they gave us the keys to the restaurant, the TVs were in here already. So we just didn't take them down. <laughs> like, and so it's funny. Um, but we, we, we are always willing to, to take people's 
opinions and, and feedback because it is important and we see whether if it's worthwhile for us or not, you know, and, and sometimes people have great ideas and some people, times people, it's just like, okay, thanks for your opinion. We appreciate it, but we're, you know, it, we were still doing it the way we did, we're doing it, you know? Well, I think that's great. I think it's great that you're, that particularly the things where, you know, people are used to things being a certain way. So these couches shouldn't be here or this honor system shouldn't work or, you know, you've got to have TVs. And I love that you've been able to hold on to, you know, that, that's just not how we do things. And, and uh, you know, thanks for the advice, but, you know, this is who we are. Because it kind of really helps you weed out maybe the people that aren't, you know, the right customers and, and, and yeah, and really attracts the, right. the folks that will appreciate that even more because they appreciate you taking a stand. And a lot of times in business, businesses don't take a stand and everything kind of becomes the same. Whereas when you do take a stand, at least in my experience, you, you find that, you know, that immediately kind of draws a line in the sand and those that don't want to cross it, that's, that's great. They, they, there are lots of options for them, but, but then the people that do are thankful to have something that they can kind of, you know, call their own and, um, and I know that your customers really do that. They feel like they're they're a part of what you're doing. Yeah, I'll give you an example of something that someone made a suggestion to us, and it's something that I knew that I had to do when we had to get there, especially with multiple locations, is, you know, every time we design a T-shirt for sale, I always design it in the mind that, like, I want it for my staff because we don't have uniforms. You know, our uniform is kind of like a Riverside T-shirt, but anyone can have a Riverside T-shirt, you know, because we sell them a beer shirt or like a concert shirt and so you know when we're really busy you kind of don't know sometimes who works there and who doesn't and so someone recently was like like you know with both locations you really should do some branding and have a like a uniform you know like a like so people know who work here like maybe it's just like your regular shirt that you do and it says like staff on it or crew or riverside family or rsm group or whatever and so that's the perfect example of of a suggestion that like I was like yes I know that we have to do this and that's something that we're working on right now so I was happy for that feedback that's awesome um let me ask you something else I know that we I found to be really interesting is that again at the time you didn't really you didn't really you weren't advertising for job openings um, or putting a, you know, help wanted sign on the door or whatever. How, how Are you still able to do that? I mean, I know obviously with the new location you would have had to probably uh, put some put something out there, but um, talk about, you know, finding new people and, and how, has that changed any since I was there? You know, it's funny. A lot of um, – I've just hired a couple of new people just to get some fresh blood in. And, you know, Julian's – way is oh someone will come in that's related to someone that knows someone that is a customer and we still hire a lot of our customers which is kind of funny because they love it so much they want to be part of it um which is cool we love that um but recently i've just hired some people that i found on indeed and you know because there's a lot of people that have craft beer knowledge that you know may not, may not have restaurant knowledge, but have craft beer knowledge, and that's so much part of what we do. That I've just hired some people, um, and I've really taken over all of the hiring now. So Julian now knows, like you can give someone the paper that has a job employment application, but he can't just hire the friends of the people who are friends with someone who works here. 
he can give his recommendation, but, but, but I've really kind of taken control of that. (laughs) Now, well, so is crap, your knowledge is a big part of it. What are you looking for when you're, when you're hiring people? Um, you know, one of my first questions and when I interview people is, is what's your favorite beer? Mm. You know, and if you can, and, and knowing, you know, the difference between a lager and an IPA, and, you know, not that you have to be a, a beer, beer proficient with your knowledge, but you have to have some knowledge because there's a lot of products out there. You know, aside from the restaurant side of it, it's that 650 different beers. Like, what do you know about our, our local markets? What do you know about, what do you know about craft beer? And, of course, we're super willing to teach, and we're starting a program now where we're, we're going to be doing uh, – beer classes, mandatory beer classes for staff, because you have to be able to make those recommendations and know that you're recommending something that that person is going to like, you know? Um, We talked about this, we talked about this before when you were here, because sometimes people, you know, and now the craft beer knowledge, especially in South Florida, we're a little bit behind the times, but the consumer has become so much more educated. But when you were here three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was, People used to pick beers because they thought the label was pretty. I remember talking about that. And, you know, sometimes they would pick a, a, a ESB, an especially bitter beer, and because it had a pretty label, and then they would taste it, and they'd go, oh, my God, it's so bitter, I, I can't drink it. Well, so, so the consumer has become a lot more educated, but also we're doing a much better job of hiring and educating our staff. Gotcha. Um what, what, a couple more things I want to ask you about. One is, uh, what's been the biggest surprise to you uh, since you all got into this business uh, several years ago? I really, I, the biggest surprise or the biggest lesson was when we opened South that, that you know, people were so discerning. They were like, that they were like, well, they, they just felt so much more allegiance and more comfortable at the original and weren't as, you know, open to the new store. It just didn't feel as homey or whatever to them. They they just liked the original one more. That was like a huge surprise. And what's happened, this is very interesting also when you look at the customer like demographic, is more people that we're seeing like a little bit of a split. We still get that complete mix at regular Riverside, but at the original one, at the original one we get that big mix, but at the south location, we're seeing a little bit more of a mature uh, consumer base. So gotcha. more families are coming in. You know, and it's just because it's a little bit more comfortable. It's set up more like a restaurant. It's got a bar and the coolers, and now it's got the couches and the tables. And and it, it's just more a little bit more restaurant, like a traditional restaurant than the original one. And the great thing about that is now that we're opening up our third location, I'm taking everything that's the best out of um, the best parts of regular Riverside original and the best parts of South location, which has this gigantic bar, um, and putting them together. And so our plantation location is basically all of the lessons that we've had in the last seven years, and it's going into one store. I really feel that our our, our new plantation location is going to be – the most successful out of all of them because it takes the best out of both both restaurants that we have open now. When is that opening? Well, the city of Plantation is not so easy, but we're crossing our fingers that it will happen before the new year. Okay. How far away is that from, from original Riverside? 
about five miles. Um, okay, but it's in like the town. It's it's really close, but it's like in the town. It's in the town over. Gotcha. So it's like it's to the west of us. It's a little bit more suburban. You know, we we're kind of like in the we're in the downtown core at the original Riverside. This is a little bit more in like the suburbs. And you know, people in the suburbs don't want to go to those commercial restaurants all the time. Those chains. So we're really excited about that. And again, it's an off the beaten path location. It's not on the main street. It's back in a neighborhood, and it was a convenience store. And I think that's be kind of become like our model that. That's where we find a lot of success is find these old convenience stores that bring in bad elements into the neighborhood and make them into, like, these upscale, like, these craft beer uh, hangouts. <laughs> so. Well, I think that's fantastic. I, I'm I'm excited for you all that you've got so much going on, and um, I can't wait to hear about the third location. Are you – so you hope it will open before the end of the year, and um, – so you you really do have your hands full. Um, well, wait. Are you ready? Ready? Are you sitting down, Will? Because we're in yeah. the midst of we're in the midst of opening up a brewery as well. So oh my gosh. Will, yeah. So it's we got a lot going on. It's really exciting. I have to get a second schedule fly account because I'm not going to be able to manage all the people. Wow. Is, yeah. So what? Well, I mean. There, I, we won't even get uh, with that. That may even be a second interview, but I'm. I'm but that's fantastic. When is that going to happen? Yeah. Well, we're we we just finished our plans. You know that and that and the plantation location kind of happened simultaneously. Um, we just finished our plans. We've been approved for a site location by the city. We have the building. We have you know, just like you say, we do things unconventional. I mean, maybe that should be our our tagline. We we bought the equipment first. Then we found the building. Then we got approved from the city. We just finished our um, all of our plans, our mechanical plans, and now we're going forward um, with with a partnership. And uh, we're, so we're ready as soon as it happens. We're ready. We're, our plans will actually go in this week to the city of Fort Lauderdale. Our plans are finished, but we're still interviewing uh, general contractors. <laughs> we just do everything backwards, but it works for us. How are you? Are you getting? Are, do you have investors involved now? Are you? Are you and Julian funding all this through uh, the businesses? No, with the brewery, we're going to have an investor. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Which is you, a whole new thing for us, also. That's why I said yep. someone was telling us we have to scrub the numbers because you know when you're going to investors, they want to see spreadsheets. They they yep. like they love spreadsheets. You know. So uh, that that's been a new a new thing for us too. Well, that gets, that that's a new element that gets interesting because then you the challenge uh, with investors is finding the right one who doesn't put too much stock in things that you can measure and undervalue things you can't measure. I.e., right. you can't measure the honor system, but I would argue. Uh, vehemently that a huge part of your success at Riverside uh, has been having the honor system. I would argue that you could measure how many more tables you could put where those couches are and what the average turn is and all. You could do all kinds of calculations if you put tables in there, but what you couldn't argue is how many people would eventually not come because it's lost the unique 
welcoming atmosphere if you eliminated the honor system or the couches and things like that. So that gets to be well, well, an interesting like- dynamic with investors, I think, if you don't have the right one. But there's always, you know, there there are investors that understand that too. Well, that's the whole thing is that, that you know, I think that – and with the investors, you know, you have to find someone that kind of understands the unconventionality of who we are. And yeah. so we actually have, you know, and they're like – and they very clearly have said, we don't understand anything that you do, but we know that it works. So we're, you know, and we know that you're going to make it work. So it's – and, you know, we have that, that, that sink or swim kind of philosophy. Like, you got to go, go, go hard or go home. So we're, we're just going for it. I just pulled up to South, and, and Justin's running South now, so. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, I think if you had somebody seven years ago and you said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn this into this, this hangout, this cat market, this cafe. We're not going to really have a full kitchen, but we're going to serve food and pizzas. We're going to have all these craft beers. We're going to have this honor system. We'll throw these couches in here. You know, and you kind of laid out all the stuff that you all have done. You, you, people would have been like, no way. There's no right. way that's going to work. And, and here, not well, only did it work, it worked incredibly well. Um, I would say precisely because you did all those things, you know, so unconventional. Well, so. you know, it's it's funny. Well, I just pulled up the south, and Justin's here. I, I'm sure you remember Justin. He's our manager yeah. over at, at Original Riverside. And I, I think about the days I have to do the, the, the schedule fly, how schedule fly really changed our business. Because, and Justin just jumped in the car with me. Um, hi. Hi. So, hey, Justin. So, so we, uh, back when we first started, Justin lived in the neighborhood where Riverside was. And when we would get, because we only had three or four employees, it was Julian and Joel and Justin and Laura. And when we would get really busy, Julian would go run over to Justin's house and bang on the door and say, Justin, Justin, we need help. We're really busy, at, you know. Come, come, come to work. Get dressed. I'll drive you over. And now, with with because of schedule fly, you know, I didn't. Justin knew that he had to open this morning, and, and people used to write down their hours. And people used to write down their hours of when they used to work. And uh, now we have, you know, we feel super organized because we look at our sheets of what our employment and what our labor costs are, when we're busy, when we need to cut people. So. You asked the question before, are we looking at those things? Yeah, and, and you guys are a huge part of that. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm, I know that that's um, <clears throat> just always nice to hear uh, that that our application is, is helping folks like you uh, for sure in your business. So um, I appreciate that, and I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, Lisa. Um, I'm excited as heck. We'll get this thing on the podcast, and then uh, I've got maybe one more interview, but um, we're, we're, we're going to have this book hopefully done by the end of the year. So uh, I know it'll be something that uh, a lot of folks will enjoy, and I know they'll absolutely enjoy hearing how you all have done it because it's been so unique and different and incredibly inspiring. Um, so thank you, and uh, thanks, Justin. Good to, good, to hear, good to hear your voice again, and uh, good luck, y'all. Y'all are awesome, and we love you all, and we're stoked for what you're doing, so keep at it. You're doing I, great things. I just, and I just want to say one more thing, Will, and you could, yeah. you could totally quote me on this, that, that we could not be where we are today without you. So I always feel like I always say you're like our, our Riverside cousins because, <laughs> you know, we, we think of ourselves as a family, but there is no way we could possibly be where we are 
today with, you know, the, the amount of employees that we have and all of the different locations and knowing where we're supposed to be when if it wasn't for you guys. So I thank you very much for being there. Well, knowing y'all, you would have figured out a way anyway. So I, I'll, I'll say it with that caveat. Y'all would have, y'all would have figured out something. That, you're still Writing down the hours I, I, on a piece I, of paper just wasn't working. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's real nice. I thank you, Lisa. That's nice of you to say that. All right. All right. Y'all take care. Have a good one. Thank uh, you. Riverside World Famous. Go for it. Riverside World Famous. All right. Talk to Bye-bye. Bye.